maybe it's not the right timing for this, but sneezing spreads. So you sneeze and ha too, and it goes on people. So it's the same concept. If you could create sneezers in your business, you have a business. Let me tell you, in today's world, it is impossible without them because you can't grow without sneezers. Now you can invest all you want in advocates and all you want, but there's nothing stronger than a genuine passion sneezer that's gonna get your brand from A to Z. I love it. I love it. I love it so much. Just show Just everything. Just show everything. Everything. And that's, that's what we the did. Keyword. And so people everything. really started getting interested. They're like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, people are like, what are you guys doing? I'm Jake the Rover. My life goal is simple. WWE star called Mr. America. My name is Leslie Carls. My nickname is The Panda. And I run this ship. Nick, just Nick. Can I get a midday square? It is Friday and we are back. We took a week off, but we are back. It is Midday Squares Uncensored. We talk about entrepreneurship, family business, chocolate, and whatever fucks are on our mind. You guys know I love starting the episode off with. How are you guys doing? I'm doing good. I'm feeling good. It's Friday. The day's almost done. We're in here. And you're wearing pigtails. And I'm wearing pigtails. So Jake, I'm feeling how you, good. Jake, how you, you're sweating bullets, <laughs> yeah. by the First way. First of all, I'm sweating. I'm very lightheaded at the moment, but I feel like it's si bon. I know my <laughs> French is getting better, guys. But why are you Why are you lightheaded? Yeah, first of all, I just pumped, but it's not even that. I think it's just like the sun now. There was gray skies before. It's a change in scenery. It affects my brain, and I feel like... I don't know, like faint potential. <laughs> <laughs> so what's what's epic is this is the first episode that we're doing where our podcast is actually live. It's out. People are listening to. I want to give uh, snaps to everybody that tuned into the first episode. Guys, you're epic for the support. But what's amazing about the podcast actually being out is we get to interact with the fans and, and people that are listening to the show can actually tell us what they want to hear on the show. And so we got some messages from people that listened to the first episode and I listened to some of the questions. I put it in how I wanted to break it down and I thought it would be epic to start this first episode. One of the questions were, I want to know some more quirky things about you guys. It seems that you guys have a lot of quirks. And so I thought it would be fun if we go to the right. So I'll say something quirky about Jake. Jake, you say something quirky about Les. Les, you can speak to me. And by quirky, I mean just like just this random shit that random people facts. don't. Random facts that are weird. Yeah. No, weird. Weird stuff that we do. Jake, you're up okay, first. You start. You start. No, you're I, up I, I, first. It's pressure. Didn't you say from you yeah, to yeah, Jake? Yeah, you might try to change the subject. Okay, okay. Go, babe. So Jake has this weird obsession with picking things on his body and smelling them. Like Ooh. it is it is getting out of control in the office and and he, <laughs> no he's stepped it he, he's gotten completely out of control with it and i think we even have some video footage that was captured and we'll try to get in the show notes but he, he picks things and he sniffs them and he thinks nobody's seeing him doing it what's weird though is i know a lot of people that are listening probably do the same thing <laughs> But like, so for instance, he'll go in his ear and then he'll smell whatever's in his ear. But, uh, but that, so that's, that's Jake. Cringe. In interesting. Um, interesting. We won't be showing certain videos. Um, I don't know if they're going to want to see that. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, okay. So Leslie, something quirky about Leslie. Um, I was told I wasn't allowed to say this, but I'm still saying it. Uh, Leslie and I actually both have tremendous amount of dandruff. Um, we do use, I use head and shoulders now to fix that. But um, if you look carefully at the videos, if it's not edited out by Karam, 
um, zoom in towards the sweatshirt and see the particles that are falling <laughs> off because it is a tremendous look and we're both working extremely hard to fix that. Um, our whole family has it, I think. So I, I would say that the Carl's clan are some of the most dandruffy people I it's know. It's hot though. I, I, I'm embracing it. I don't, look, I'm wearing, I, black, I wear you black all the time. You have a lot of dandruff. You look snowflake. I wear black. It looks like, a, it looks like salt and pepper on but you. But here's the thing, okay? <laughs> here's the thing. So I, I know a lot of the Carl's clan, obviously, because I'm married into this family. They don't like showering. Oh. And everybody knows if you don't shower, you have a lot of dandruff. <laughs> I don't shower at all, actually. I no. do shower. I think it's just, uh, you know, I have dry scalp. But you pick it. You pick it. I do like. I watched it. you yeah, pick it. I do. Uh. I do like. So I think the real quirky fact <laughs> is that Leslie has a lot of dandruff, and she likes to pick her dandruff. Oh, there's something in common. Yeah. Ooh. Whoa! Double whammy, Leslie. I'm you're, so turned off. I'm turned off by it too. This conversation is so off. I know, but you know who Les really is. You ever? You guys know Gold? Uh, what's his name from Austin Powers? The guy who would pick off gold his, members pancake yeah. smoking a pancake. I love. I love. Oh, dude, gold. that's disgusting. I actually love that movie. And my bat mitzvah was Austin Powers theme. Yo, oh wild. That was God. a wild theme. She obviously had to be different. It was like know? my RSVP was like. I'll attend. Oh, behave! <laughs> like, yeah, you were what, twelve years old or yeah, something? Babe. So I was, I was uh, old soul. What made you like so? I wore an orange jumpsuit. I was like, okay, we're gonna was, get back to this. Yeah, first what is Nick's speak, quirkiness? Yeah, first speak to the quirkiness, and then I want to hear more about so, this this Austin Powers themes bud mitzvah or whatever oh. the hell you want to call it. Nick is a person who loves to intake information. And Nick spends. That's not weird. That's no, not weird at all. No, that no. was a boring one. Well, I'm not. Am I done? Okay. Change the or did yeah. you jump on me? Yeah, I think we jumped on you. You jumped on me. And Nick loves to spend hours and hours in bed watching <laughs> how to make ice cream. He learned how to make ice cream. How to, he loves dairy. Okay, so he Oof. he does. He he looks at a lot of processing. Um, Processing uh, plants and how to make ice cream, how to make dairy products. Are, you, are, you trying, to make, are we trying to make non-dairy ice cream here? Yeah. Well, so, so here he, he uh, does. He does dabble in a lot of uh, how dairy to, alternative. Yes, dairy because because I, I I am obsessed with everything that dairy brings. But by the way, I don't think quirky needs to be something that's weird. I think it's just a fun fact or a fun thing about a person that people don't well, know about. Fair. I do find it weird. And Nick that makes likes to take in. A, a tremendous amount of information in in so many different departments. Like Nick is my Google. Like I'll literally be <laughs> in like bed in me. bed. No, no, it's fucked. It's like Dicky I'm to in me. Bed. Wait, wait. Like I'm watching. We're watching Fury last night, and I start asking Nick questions about 1945. I compare He's you like, to Dicky. He's like Les. Like I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I did ask That's you. You're asking. That's the one time me. that you said I don't. But know. But at you least sh- I tell you when I don't know. I know, but usually you always have an answer. Can we talk? Well. Have we told the audience? Because I feel it's going to be repetitive. Dicky will come yeah. up a lot. So, Who is Dicky? So Dicky is also a random name we use to call people like Steve. But we've discussed that before. But Dicky is one of my best friends. I've been to every schooling with him that I've gone to. So imagine kindergarten, high school. Uh, CJEP and college. We did it all together. Um, I even lived with him. He's your neighbor. He's my neighbor as well, but I lived with him before. He is the dirtiest kid I know. He is the smartest kid I know. He knows everything. When he was in high school, he became Wikipedia. So if you ask him about the 1918 Spanish flu, if you ask him about 1867, you, he knows everything. I don't know if he's making it up, guys, or as he goes. You don't but, fact check. But I don't fact check, but he's so believable, even though he's so klutzy. I love you, Dickie. You're going to listen to this and... Yeah, you know and who you are. So I have to. Br- I actually didn't want to bring it up on the show today. I said, ah, it's not worth it because it's not big. But on the last episode, Jake brought up the fact that um, Harley oh, Davidson. Here we go. Twelve percent of Harley Davidson. Don't tell me you fact check that. It's I not true. To. 
It, he, it is true, but it's not 12%. It's 5%. And because the discrepancy <laughs> is not big enough, I said, oh, no, I'm going to let that's him. That's pretty no, big. It's, it's, it's hundreds, no, that's big. Hun- that's a big that's discrepancy. Over, over $50 million. <laughs> so, it doesn't mean it's 5%. It's I, still big. It's still big, and that's why I was willing to let it go. But the fact that you brought up, somebody brought up fact check, I just had to bring it up. Mm. F you. CK. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that... Um, yeah, if we, we circle back to quirky and wacky and fun facts about the three of us, I think it'd be nice to kind of add, you know, one of those things every time we hop on the podcast, just to let people know. Okay, you know? yeah, we could Tell do more Tell them who we are, yeah. Wait, Midday Squares is an off group of people. Yes, The whole it is. team, the whole team. But, I mean, look, I recently got a message from somebody on social media that said that they felt that, like, so they're like, are there any job openings? So I said, not at the current time. And they said, there's nothing I want more than to work for your team. And I said, why? And they said, because you guys are a bunch of weirdos, wackos, but you have this energy and this connection that's just not something you'll find, like, you'll ever it, find, right? She just said, like, it, yeah, exactly. She said. But it, it is whacked. She said it's whacked, but she was like. I really uh-huh. like that. This is in a perfect environment. This is where I want to be, you know. And it's, <laughs> the truth is, we are a bunch of wackos. Like I just, you know, today Dominic started, and oh, I love that. He's I, whack. I, I already, whack. I, I told him I was going to hit him. I don't even know yeah. why. I was, I, I told know. him I was going to hit look because he was, just, he, was look. Look. he was, he was firing me up. He was, he was firing me up. Guys, he's confident. Okay? I love it. He's I, very I, confident. I love and him. I told him, you know, you're going to be working with a bunch of weirdos. He likes and it. He loved, he loved it. He's like, I'm a weirdo. I'm wacko. Let him be himself. He's a shell character. So, Not like Jordan Shell, a shell character. <laughs> I I wanted to, today's episode, we're going to, you know, the way we do the episodes, there's always loosely a subject matter. I thought it would be important to talk about the, the landscape of retail versus digital. And the reason why I thought it would be a good subject matter is because someone asked us, like, where, how do you even go about getting your product into stores? And, uh, and I think there's there's an answer to that that actually can provide a lot of value to people because it's not the old school way anymore. There's a new way of doing this. Jake, you brought up uh, before we put on the uh, mics, you were you were bringing up some facts, and I want I thought that was a good segue. So yeah, my facts have to do with uh, current current times right now. So before COVID hit, um, gro- traditional grocery online was around three to four percent of their business, which is relatively low in today's world. After COVID, they're expecting, the experts are expecting it to be around 15 to 20%. That means that 17 more percent of customers are now going to continuously shop online and remain that way, which will change the landscape for good in retail. And a lot of people, so, and I thought that was, I thought that was super important because a lot of people think that there's this, not war, but it's like, you have to either be a direct to consumer business and you're selling directly to the consumers and or you need to be like this retail focused business. Now, my answer is, is that I think, yeah, you need to have a direct to consumer aspect because it's the way marketing needs to be done. But retailers are still going to have a place because all that's going to happen is that their customer base is going to shift to buying them online. And so we're still going to need to be on those platforms. So now my main thing is though, what do you guys believe Midday Squares did differently at the beginning that encompassed the whole circle to have digital and retail play together. I'll talk for the retail. Um, I, I originally remember 
you know, for our first 80 retailers, I used to hand deliver the products, which allowed us to build a relationship right off the bat with the people in charge, the managers, the store clerks, can and I, the buyers. Can we actually talk before that? Because and then get into that. Because the the the, I, the the topic was how do we get in? How does somebody find themselves getting into a retailer? And I think what Midday Squares did that was not traditional was we worked really hard to. Um, create some sort of community at the beginning, which was mm. through the Polaroid effect. Are you losing your voice? It sounds like you're... you're no, I'm not. And okay. and so we created that kind of need. And then we told the people that were interested to buy the product that wanted to buy one-offs or whatever to request it in their grocery store. And because they were requesting it in their mom and pop shops and in, in, in smaller grocers, the grocery stores decided to pick us up. And that's really how we had the entry into retail. But I'll, I'll, I'll argue with you that at the end of the day, I don't think it's as hard to open doors as it is to stay in the doors. And um, I think when you're trying to open a door, there's many different ways to go that still work. You know, relationships is a key factor. And we're seeing that today. We have cronies. We have people that just open us and walk us through doors that we have no idea that we're in because they just have the relationship. They can now, go, cronies hey, usually has a negative connotation. It's not negative. It's yeah. It's Could you want to explain <laughs> to the audience what a crony is? Crony, like, a, like an old school bud of yours. You know, like the, the classic guy down the street that walks schlumpy and, you know, comes to you and you yell, yeah, you know, like there's nothing to it. But a crony has some value to you because at the end of the day, a crony will always be there. Um, so for our cronies, the way we use it at Midday Squares is um, these cronies have their relationships that will always be there. And we're, you, we're working with them to build those relationships and use get our product through the doors that they have their relationships with. So these cronies can open tremendous amounts of doors and we're using it. It's kind of like a broker, but like. A different way of saying it is a crony. Uh, alternative sales channels. And I yeah. yeah, I agree with that. Leslie, you want to chime in on something. I just want to really take it back to, to the beginning of time of somebody who might be listening to the podcast and how do I get my product into a store? And I d would disagree with you, Jacques, where I think it actually is challenging to get into the stores. And I think it's also challenging to stay in the stores. I think that a lot of people that I speak to of young entrepreneurs, well, not young entrepreneurs in their age, I mean, young startups, they have they don't even know where to start they're like how do we get into the store and so i think that number one you need to have good branding you know a, a decent product which we already and spoke about though, exactly on the last and then i think you need to create a want for your product or there is the traditional route where you just go to your local grocery stores yeah and no I, I that's why I'm, when i'm listening to you say what you're saying i said i think jake had valid point there is still room for you to just show up in a store. Exactly, there is. But I think when we when we, if we speak about even bigger grocery, like you know, you said that it's not that easy that it's easy to get in the stores, but but it's taken us a year to get into Metro. You know, I think it's actually challenging to get into the stores, and I think it's actually challenging to make the contacts and make. You know, I think obviously once you build your network, obviously a network's really important, and having key people in that. But network, the truth, the truth of the matter is, it, it wasn't. It wasn't as difficult as one would think. So what's difficult is, and I think that's where the disconnect's happening, and, and what I would like to say is that by using a digital strategy first, yep. you, by, by getting on Instagram and connecting with our consumers, all we really did was take the new age approach to building a network. Exactly. And that network is powerful. When you get out there and attract people to something, the network starts to compound where we had, we're even doing a video on this, people asking if they can help us yes. get us into different uh, grocery stores. But to go back to it, it's like, I believe that 
by being loud out there, taking an alternative approach, we were able to get into all the independent stores yes. way faster than a brand that went knocking I on agree. all the individual doors. But those natural sectors, once we were in those relationships that were built, is what allowed the brand to really friggin' you know, like explode on that aspect. Whereas we were in all the trend-setting stores, and then yes. the retailers started to take notice of us. The process will always be long to get into the majors, but at the end of the day, and I wanted to touch on that note because it actually links back to my Hector days, which was, um, you know, when I launched Hector, the first step that I tried to do is get into the department stores. Um, and you touched on a really strong point: is that being Placing your product in places where the right people go, meaning the trendsetters go. So the right. He fought for this right, all he, the time but, at the beginning. And he was so right, right? Because being Jake, in the how right are you doing gyms, over there? I'm going to take a. I'm, I'm taking in, but I, I, I have to disagree for, with you no, guys. It's no problem. I have don't don't forget we're on camera today. Yeah. So <laughs> I have to disagree with you guys on it. I think that. I, if we were to do it a percentage, I think you need both at the beginning right off the bat because I'm not going to say the store name, but one of our bigger, biggest clients actually was introduced us from a friend um, and walked us in through there. And then the person believed in us and gave us a shot. That I, I agree. Oh, but we're, that, not, we're not saying that, it's but, not who you know, but we're saying for somebody who might, might, might not. We're actually not all saying be, the same exactly. thing. Exactly. Because that was found through Instagram. His wife found us on Instagram. So and uh, reached out. You need both. Yeah. But what I'm trying to say is there are people out there, guys, who, like, for example, myself, when I had my own business, I never networked. I'm not, I'm too, I, I don't have that personality. I still don't. You guys go out and do those things. So some people might not have that network or even have the ability to go meet the right people. But the so, point I'm trying to make is you're networking now and you don't even realize you're doing it because you're using a new platform. And I'm feeling a lot more comfortable. Yeah. But I, it took a lot of time to put myself out there and pushing from you guys for me to do that. So I think like, I agree all three of us are talking about, like you said, the same thing. And it's really about just taking what works for you and, and applying that to your strategy, right? Um, but I think, like you said, I think it is the, a really key strategy is get in the right places. It's not about how many doors, but it's about being in the right doors for the right people to see it, for the right people to try it. And then- uh, Jake, Jake was the biggest advocate of this uh, at the start was like, you remember when we would get, we would get into debates of like, yeah. Where's the time and money best spent? Yes, we would get into b debates of where's the time and money best spent, and you would and and I, I'll to my fault I'll, I'll admit it. There were some retailers that I would say, wow, there's so much energy that they're requiring from us, and they're not even ordering a lot. But guess what? Those retailers were setting trends, and, and they yeah. still they still are. Every city we go to, we apply that strategy, and it's it's a hidden gem. You you build you build the brand before you enter into the actual distribution points that you know you're going to give all your resources to. You know, but those are original trendsetters allow the community to be formed um, way faster than just, you know, going straight to the big, big boxes, you and, know? And also to find stores like, um, I'll shout out Nature Santé, um, mm. to find specific stores that encompass digital and whatever, like, you know, Fr Francesco, Francisco, sorry, mm. he's constantly on social media. He's engaging with the brands. He's bringing us in. He's marketing. He's doing online. He's offering different services. I think those are amazing stores to be in because he was pushing so many boxes at the beginning. He was one of our biggest revenue uh, goers. He was doing 50 boxes a week. Yeah, because he, 50. Was, he was like all, like, he was, hmm, yeah. One of the biggest things I think I've learned since starting this company is that you have some retailers you have to look at as billboards. Yeah. They're not just retailers. They're also 
a straight Walking up billboard. advertising channel. And then other retailers is where you're going to get your volume, where you're going to push 3,000 people a weekend through the store. And and that's really that. I think that's that's it for 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 speaking about that you retail have the aspect. Twenty eighty rule. 80-20. 80-20 rule. Yeah. Do you want to explain that a yeah. little bit? I think 80% of your revenue um, in every single market you go to is going to come. I mean, this is not my rule at all. This is per, It's called Pareto's Law, that in any given scenario, 80% of your revenue, your wins are going to come from 20% of your customer base, 20% of it, – it's basically – um, Pareto's law says that you're going to get your maximal return from a very small percentage of yeah. your bi- customer base. And that usually applies true across the board. I think it applies true once you get going. I think you need to start with the the small the small trendsetters to get to that. That's the first. To Second the is big, the 80-20 to, rule. To fit, uh, you know, feed the majors. Even when we enter the U.S., we're, we're, we, I think we're going to hit some some small guys first and 100%. work with the trendsetters. Why would we... Why would Yeah. There, there's no reason not to. And you know that a customer is going to still shop at the grocery store a lot of the time then and at the gym they're at the same spot it's it's just two but routines here, that they're at to move the conversation forward though at this point though there's one major thing is that at one point in time if you're doing your job right as a brand the network's going to start to pump mm-hmm. people are going to start to reach out it is your fucking job at that moment to get the fuck out of the way and let people that know what we're doing what they're doing do it best and that's when you're going to start to bring on people that are going to either lead your sales you're going to join a brokerage that's going to have relationships across the countries that you're selling but- in and then I want to talk about cronies at that part, but Les, before we go there. Yeah, exactly. Because I think, I really think, because we're actually learning, right, as we go right now, we're in that stage of now saying, okay, what are the next steps for sales, right? And we've tried different things in this company that have worked and have not worked. And I think we're still at a standstill to figure out what is our retail strategy and how are we moving forward? Is a broker the best way, you know, or, or are they not, right? Like, I think that we're still in the mix of figuring out like what is what works for brands. And I think because Midday Squares has such a strong brand, um, I think that sometimes you need like I know Jake is a big believer in this is having your own people working and selling. Right? Yeah, which we call cronies. Well, yeah. Cro- well, hometown no, heroes. Just hometown hometown heroes, heroes, right? Because like Jake says, like even our demo team, we were working with demo companies. Now we're working on building in-house because no one's going to sell it better than people that feel like they're part of the brand. And then you get to choose those people that are like these mini Jakes, right? Like these. Not- well, what is a Jake? Maybe well, people listen, don't know what that means. Listen, my, it's a jigger, baby. My goal is to find Rainmaker. all the problems that we can we have and bring them to the team and make them get fixed. And that's it. And the demo thing was a big problem. But Jake, you, we fixed it. You build relationships. Yeah, it, it comes you, down to that. You make called managers feel good. You merchandise the product when you're at the store. You create shelf talkers. You but you, but that's retail. That's that's in store. Um, that's experience. Tur- that's yeah, the in store experience. So that's a something getting but, in is. I believe there is relationship and then brand. But let's not talk, let's not forget about how fucking important it is to be digital first. Yes. Yeah. I really believe there are still brands today that are launching without a digital first strategy. That for me blows my mind. Like like there are brands launching right now that still don't allow customers to buy from their website. Unless you're a commodity. I hate it. I hate when I can't buy a product that I get at store on that I can't get it online because for us at midday do you want to continue? No, no, go ahead. Yeah, for us at Midday Squares, the game plan has always been this. We must 
be everywhere and anywhere that our, our customers customer. want to buy us. And part of that at the beginning meant, well, listen, we're going to start, we're going to be out there advocating the brand and we're not going to have that many stores at the beginning. So if someone finds us and wants to buy our product, at the very least, if we're not in Vancouver, they can still buy from our website. Now, that being said, I want to talk about that our retail tracker right now on a day-to-day basis, 400 eyeballs are coming and using our retail finder. That is happening because we're making motion happen. We're out there executing digital marketing strategies. We're out there on social media. People are coming to the central hub and then they're going out and it's our job to navigate them to where they needed to, to where they need to go. And so that is something for me that is the most important thing that customers that that any brand that's starting has got to make sure that they are rocking a hard digital strategy. I think new city openings, you have no choice but to open with digital, start it, get the buzz moving, get some people purchasing online so they start talking about it and then start to move into mom and pops and then go into your majors because new cities are very hard to Wait, I like into. that. Could you give me a one, two, three? Number one digital strategy to create the awareness in the community, get people buying it online. Number two, go into small mom and pops, whatever that is, cafes, gyms, small independents, then go into the bid box. So it's it's basically, a, it's awareness and then availability, and then you do trials. So that's all it is. And I do wanna say that I think a key thing uh, for people opening up um, retailers or whatever is to really send your product to key influencers in that city. Um, but be, when you're about to do that, like Jake said, make sure you have digital. So when they do say, oh, wow, I love this product, people can go directly to your website and buy. And then the ripple effect happens, like Jake said. Availability. No, awareness Awareness, first, availability, availability, trial. trial. Love it. And shout out Dayton, who's our yeah. investor, for giving us those three things because that is the truth. Um, Retail, uh, sorry, not even retail. Building a CPG product is all about those three things. And so, uh, but what I did want to ask, Les, is you and our other teammate, Ali, who handle a lot of uh, overviewing, get our product into the right hands, do you have anything that you can give our listeners in terms of how do you even approach someone to get them involved with wanting to be an advocate for your brand? And then so I'd like to hear what Jake The first has to thing is, too. is Jake has actually taught us how to find an influencer, um, which I'll let him hop on that. So, so what happens and is I, Jake, I would like to even potentially drop the word influencer, a person, yeah, I, yeah, no a person yeah, that has a voice. I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, a, 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 someone part of our community, you yeah. know, someone who exactly, who likes the product and wants to speak out. Um, so Jake worked on teaching us a strategy I'll let him, like I said, speak about that. But what we do is once we have a list of people that we want to work with, um, we break it down by city, demographic, age, type of, um, not advocate, right? Is it somebody in lifestyle? Is it somebody in beauty, gym, whatever the case may be, right? So we break it down by those categories. We break it down by, you know, what is their following? Um, what do they usually speak about? And then we reach out. And but I want to I know about the reach out part the most, because yeah. I think that's people are always intimidated about that piece. So there's a few different avenues, obviously. And I feel like it doesn't need to be that complicated. No, it's not that complicated. I mean, there's some people are represented by agents. Mm -hmm. And some are not, right? So usually on an, uh, on an advocate's page, you'll have a contact email. Um, and if you don't, you'll reach out through an inbox. And a trick that somebody once taught me is even it's somebody very, you know, who has a big following and most likely don't check their inbox often or don't aren't able to keep up is you keep on 
copy pasting your message, unsending it, resending it every day, unsending it, resending it, because that will keep going to the top of their mailbox. So you do that until they actually answer. And if not, you just go straight through the email, speak with an agent, or sometimes it is actually the person managing the account. And you just say, I'd like to, you know, talk about a potential contract. Yeah, like it's actually as simple as just reaching out. Some people, they they feel like they need to go through agencies and all this jazz. There is different levels of it, right? There's there's paid and then there's unpaid. You know, sometimes we just do a simple message on from our Instagram inbox and say, hey, we'd like to send you product. And we do send product and they post about it and they talk about it because they love it. And if they don't post it, because they didn't like it. Straight and up, then yeah. there's paid. But one thing I do want to tell the audience is what actually Nick um, spoke about early on to a lot of different retailers was we always tell the influencer, sorry, the advocate um, that if you don't like the product, whether we're paying you or not, we do not want you to promote it. So that's, what is that noise? Something on the camera. So that is really key to remember, is that we always wanna make sure the person advocating for our product actually likes it and actually will eat it. Agreed. You know, I'm, I'm all about the opposite actually. I'm all about building our community and I've been focusing hours, I'd say eight to 10 hours a day on it every single day right now and learning how to create an actual army that's the midday squares army. And what I mean by that is having people word to mouth, the old school word to mouth is so fucking powerful. Like I can't explain to you how many how many people I sold Xbox Live to because I loved it so much. How many times? <laughs> when did you even get into this Xbox Live? Two weeks ago, three weeks ago. I didn't even like it. I didn't even want to do it before, but I, I got someone word to mouth it to me. I word to mouth it to five to six people. That's spending an $89 purchase. Could you imagine? They've never done it. What do you call them? You call them what? Sneezers. So we Why do we call sneezers. them sneezers? It's not, I maybe, think it's, not, maybe the... it's not the right timing for this, but sneezing spreads. So you sneeze and how to, and it goes on people. So it's the same concept. If you could create sneezers in your business, you have a business. Let me tell you, in today's world, it is impossible without them because you can't grow without sneezers. Now you can invest all you want in advocates and all you want, but there's nothing stronger than a genuine passion sneezer that's going to get your brand from A to Z. I love it. I love it. I love it. And that helps with retail too, because they'll go open the retail accounts for you. I think the happy middle of everything is what makes, you know, um, makes a good balance of what type of pushing you need for people to, well, what type of advocate. Advocacy. (laughs) So let's want to try that again. (laughs) You want to try that again? Advocacy. Uh, I can, I have so I actually have trouble pronouncing things. So yes, I would. <laughs> <laughs> go for it. Advoc advocacy. There you I go. Love, you Woo! are the cutest thing in the entire world. I want to remarry you right now. I love oh, you so right fucking now. much. Right now. How come? Guys, it's, not in the, it's not time and place. How come? Just it's not the time. I will place, remarry guys. you any day. Jake. No. What no. if I wanted to remarry you? No, we didn't get married, babe. Like, forget about it. I have a huge crush on Jake, by the way. Everybody who knows. Do you have a crush of anybody yeah, in my family yeah. except for Johnny? Yeah, Carl. Johnny. What are you Coach talking about? Carl's, you Coach love Carl's. My father look is so professional. Nick always tells me that he, like, married into the best family. <laughs> that is, well, no, but that, that, is, that is facts. Um, okay, so you know what, guys? There's only one more spot opening in the family, and right now it's being taken. <laughs> I'm the only open spot left. 
<laughs> and Melissa's out there with it. Aren't you, know? you taken? Yeah, I'm taken, but I'm saying I'm not Larry. naughty. I'm the Zoltak. Uh, that's uh. that's Jake's future father-in-law, by Could the way. Imagine? Could you imagine? <laughs> okay, so on a on a note, we're getting ready to release a new flavor. Yeah. Can we get staff for that going, new flavor? Where are you going with this? I'm not saying a word about yeah. that. No one told me about this. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying we're okay, getting ready. Okay, don't say anything. But before you say it, Leslie, I think you could say something funny about Nick and I, how we've abused that new flavor no, no, thing. No, it's not even it. normal. We've, we've ruined the, so, the, 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 the hidden secret about it. Okay, so what got really ugly was at the uh, Vancouver trade show. Um, <laughs> all of a sudden, we had pre-discussed that we weren't going to mention what flavor was coming out. It was agreed um, upon, by the it way. It was agreed upon. We said there was gonna, we were going to tell people there was a third flavor, but we weren't going to mention unless there was like a serious buyer we were speaking with or any of that. We're at the show. <laughs> I, can't, I can't take it because Not just Jake. No, no, not just Jake. I, I'm, getting to, I'm getting, I'm getting to Nick. Okay? He started he was it. Worse Jake's after. walking around <laughs> telling everybody, okay, then I see Nick in another lane. I go find him because I'm like, where the fuck is Nick? Because he always disappears. We'll get into that on another topic. And he's there. Talking about the new flavor. To anyone. To everybody and anyone. So I looked at them and they're like, it's too late. It, it, uh, I said, loose lips sink ships. That's why you shouldn't you be telling us things. You guys are fucking not even normal. You, you are bad, by And the then, way. not I just know, that, Jake, I you take I, I the new flavor the from the fridge and send it out. I not get, even knowing if it's a trial. Okay? I get too excited. You did it to a, a food company that came here. Uh, Ron, uh, what's his name? You know which team that came here. You're just giving them the new flavor. Nick always puts me on the spot. Les, just give it to them. Yeah, you do do that a lot, just, by the way. Just come on. Just give them a try. And you can't say no. You can't Being say no. Being said, yeah. Midday Squares has a new flavor getting ready to release. We're not going to even drop a release date because Les don't. will have our head. Yeah. But we're urging for it. That soon. brings us to Jake. We, if, for everybody that doesn't <laughs> I know, I, I know where this is it. going. Yeah. yeah. For everybody that doesn't know, our third founder and partner, Jake no. Carls, is allergic to nuts. And I say that in a way of. Uh, you're I, foreshadowing. I don't believe you're allergic to nuts. Uh, same, he had same, one same. anaphylactic episode two, 20 two, million two, years two, ago. Two, three. And to this date, he he still is like, oh, I can't have anything in nuts. Guys, Jake, they where are you me at? Many times. I know, but where are you at in this process? Because you've been promising <laughs> since we started the hey, company that you were going to go get tested. First of all, for you guys promised. Let's bring that back. You guys said Doctor well, Limmer did. or whatever. No, Doctor Uman. Yeah, Uman. Same thing to me. He was going to test me privately for the nuts. Long story, that never happened. Not to say that it's Doctor Uman's fault. It's probably you guys' fault. But are you going yes I've or no? I, I actively, mother and I actively decided that we mother call, as in Felicia Felicia Carls? Carls decided to call a doctor. I think Deidre actually helped. So that's my my, my sister in law, Doctor Deidre. Doctor Deidre Osher actually made, made sure they got a referral. Got the referral, and guess what? They canceled my fucking appointment, March twenty third. No, but did something whack happen? Yeah, yeah something <laughs> whack. Something fucking mental happened. Actually, isn't this? So I. Okay, so they, I have a March 23rd appointment. COVID hits, I get it. You can't have people coming in. I, fine, I get it. They go, we're going to do telemedicine with you. <laughs> what the hell is telemedicine? <laughs> so I get a call from the sketch number, MAQ. I don't even know what it says. Okay, I answer, and the guy is asking me questions. He's like, do you have time to talk? And I'm like, yeah, why? He's like, do you have a Medicare card on you? I'm like, yeah. So I don't know what's going, I don't know what's going on, okay? Like, I'm completely unaware of this conversation because it was, it, was, it was a couple of weeks after. Anyway, out of nowhere. Yeah, out of nowhere. He says to me, he's like, I need to ask you a question. So I was like, he's like, what are you allergic to? I was like, nuts. And he's like, okay, what do you want? I'm like, I want to get retested. He's like, why? I'm like, because I have a nut factory. I have a company that creates products with nuts that I've never tried. He's like, are you serious? He's like, you go to work every day in a facility that has nuts? I'm like, fuck yeah. 
And he was so monotone, babe. He didn't he even give me the time. No, he didn't give me the time. He's like, he wasn't even What was this doctor's name, by the way? I don't even know his name. I can't, <laughs> I, I, can't. I can't remember. He was very monotone. And you guys were, were actually looking at each other via telemedicine or just phone? Phone call. That's I was, weird, I was sitting with my mother. And she was like, oh, it's good, it's good, it's good. Anyways, he's like, oh, I believe you should get tested. I was like, okay, No when? fucking kidding. No, no fucking kidding. He said to me, are you serious that you work in a nut facility? I said, babe, it's my company. But didn't something <laughs> happen the next day that even gave us more hope? Weren't we speaking with someone whose son? Oh, my God, yeah. Desensitization. Someone yeah. came in. Lieberman. The, uh, Lieberman. <laughs> yeah, shout <laughs> out Lieberman. Mr. Ricky Lieberman. Yeah. Shout out Mr. Ricky. Just walks in like Willie. Same type of thing. Walks yeah. right in. So for everybody, uh, Ricky <laughs> is this gentleman that grew up on Jake Street who now lives in California. California, Jake, Jake and, I and I did Leslie live together. at one point. Um, and uh, he's a good example of a crony, no? Yeah, he's a great, great. He, he's a Willie great Crawford, crony. Willie, what's his last name? Felberbaum. Felberbaum is a great crony as well. I agree. Like Willie Felberbaum supplies us with, with our boxes. He's a great box supplier, JTB by the way. If you ever, yeah, if you ever, if you ever need boxes, contact so Will Felberbaum. Any packaging. But yeah, how good is his look? But anyways, long story short, Ricky came in, came in, didn't even, we didn't even ask about it. I think he just brought it up that... His kid was having the desensitization for about a year, and they were able to eat four sesame. It wasn't about nuts; it was about sesame seeds. He was able to eat four, which is incredible. That means if I could, if I could try our product, that's going to be the day I run around the streets mooning the world. Okay, <laughs> on we... midday squares live. Okay, I can't. But all, all. I so need... I guess you're close, is what you're saying. Yeah, no, very, babe, we had the telemedicine close. call. Nothing else. <laughs> okay, okay. So do you know what the next steps are though? Before we he move said, on, said I'll call you. I don't know. No information. I don't understand these doctors. You know, (laughs) Les, what were you going to say? No, I was just going to say that I really strongly don't believe that Jake is allergic to nuts Uh, because I gave him almond waffles once. um, Tried to kill me. No, Jake doesn't know this. Last sometimes when we're we've had sleepovers in the past, and I've actually put a pecan in his mouth, and nothing happened. No, because they're. We see how dumb they are. Like how? I know. uh, Yeah. How dumb? Not safe. I don't purposely do it. I don't purposely do it. I didn't purposely do it. I put almond milk in the in the waffle mix. And forgot to mention and, the ingredient. And forgot because I drink almond milk like it's regular milk, which is so dumb me, and I'm so warehouse. And Jake was like, mmm. He was scoffing the waffles. He was like, oh, these are so good. What's in them? So I started naming the ingredients. The last ingredient came out. And then I go, almond milk. He goes, what? He starts throwing it out of his mouth, freaking out. I said, just calm down. Just calm down. We were up north. Saint I Agath. said, let me take you to the St. Agath Hospital. I take him to the hospital. No, you said to me, do you want to go? Are you you fucking normal? Of course I want to go. Okay, St. Agath, by the way, is um, is like where you go out of Montreal, like in forest, cottagey world. Cabin. It's a cabin. Cabin life. Yeah. So we waited there for three hours at on the bed, and he was IV making a, a huge deal. And uh, then he's like, I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> so we went to the bathroom. I think Jake's stomach issues a, are a whole took episode a huge by poo, And then we left. We were dismissed from the hospital because everything was fine. All in all, you guys are, I guess, assuming what the next flavor might be. Um, I guess that's why we talked about my nut allergy. Yep. But so we, we're not going to say dun, what it is. Dun. Dun, dun, dun. All right. On the outro of this show, because we have a heavy Friday still ahead of us. Yes. Lol. I thought, um, so one of uh, our listeners asked us, you know, what we all do to avoid burnouts. Um, I, I, I say, can, we, yeah, can I take that one. Yeah. And I, and I do, uh, I think it's good that you're taking it. Cause I, I have, um, opinion on this too that I want to share and and hopefully Jake will have something good too. So I think we're actually the three of us still learning how to manage burnouts. Um, You know, the last 20 months have been crazy and I think all three of us have hit 
major, major burnouts. And I think what we're doing now, which is it's my it's go time challenge, um, is teaching us to just commit to um, um, quickly because you brought it up very quickly. Just explain what the it's go time challenge is. And I'll link the video to your uh, challenge yep. in the show notes. So you don't got to get too in depth, but pretty much I just um, decided to, um, you know, tell the world uh, about some of my deepest um, insecurities and things I've been ba- battling my whole entire life. And the fact that you and I both gained roughly... Yes, I gained 50 gain? pounds. And I gained about 50 pounds too since starting yeah. Midday Squares. No, not I wouldn't say... Th- maybe 30 you've gained. Close to 40. Yeah, so we've gained a heavy amount of weight and um, an amazing woman reached out to me a few months ago after she saw my panic attack and she was like, you need to get healthy and it's not about what you look like. It's about mind, body, soul and she's like, I want to help you do that because you know you operate a company and you're gonna have burnouts and you're gonna continue to have burnouts and it's not healthy the way you live and I completely agreed with her so I was like I've never been able to do this um, I always fail I never succeed at committing to um, getting healthier so you embarked and, on this so challenge. I embarked on this challenge and what's the challenge um, it is it's split up in three parts so 10 10 and 40 and it's just to 10 10 uh, and 40 what days Love of it. commitment um, and consistency to uh, movement, 30 minutes of movement a day. And and um, that stunned, like, everybody got fired up in this office. Jake then was like, I'm getting fucking jacked. And yeah, and he let go of refined sugar. And mm-hmm. I think we've all realized that, you know, and Basically I Basically, the whole office is, whole like, office into getting is, jacked is, right is now. Is into <laughs> it. And, and that fires me. I think <laughs> having a gym in the office, I think the... So getting back to the question is, how do we avoid burnouts? Well, we're still figuring it out. And I think exercise is really key for the mind. And I think eating well, sleeping... Drinking a lot of water is is key, and also therapy. Yeah. I would agree with that. Yo, I me my burnout strategy is very simple. I, I've I've acquired a new one lately. First of all, my nights I don't sleep as that much, so that doesn't work with me. Because I my 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 day begins at night. Like, if I you get, slept, I have all kinds your whole of life would change. No, babe, I have action. The from amount 9 of PM action. J- it's not even normal. It's a schedule thing. We'll get into it another, that's another time. time. But most importantly, I think I've added a new thing that's actually helped my mind calm myself every morning. I spend about 30 to 45 minutes reading a book. That's this is fact. Game He's here every morning early before Guys, everybody gets meditative. here reading. No one bothers me, and I don't like when people come in and you guys I'm really happy about our uh, library. Oh, we're bu- oh, that's another huge thing. We're yeah. building a library. We're gonna, Leslie I'm, doesn't use it. You know but, what? We're actually <laughs> going to put in all the books in our library for genius. listeners to, to, to follow along with us. We have great books. Yeah, we do. And that's what I do. And and I think it's helped me a lot with my, you know, low lows that we hit. Because I think we've all hit our rock bottoms on this journey um, yeah. in different times. Oh, I've, I've, I think we've hit several, like, yeah, several, rock yeah, bottoms. Several. Yeah. It keeps yeah. coming. And we know it's going to keep coming. At the end yeah. of the day, it's going to keep coming. Exactly. So it's building a process that works for us. And I think it's the balancing and, you know, what we're doing now is, I think, a huge help. Yeah. I think not all of us not being on the same rock bottom helps, too, mm-hmm. when we're a little off balance. Well, we need each other to, to lift each other up. up. Someone yeah. needs to always be pulling. Yeah. And the rest could be pulling down. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. For me, it came to so yeah, like Jake said, I've had several burnouts on this journey, um, and more will to come. But early on, I started falling off track completely. Uh, so I uh, was really, really turning to actually cigarettes became a big part of my life. I'm not happy about that, um, but they came, they crept back into it. Uh, I hate cigarettes. I don't even know why I was doing it. I, I fell into the nicotine trap. Then I found my drinking alcohol started to spike didn't like that either um then you know marijuana is fucking legal now so who cares to speak about it then i started hitting that on the <laughs> weekly basis the 
The point I'm no, I, I hate bulls. The point, yeah, when you smoke out of a pipe. The point I'm trying to make is that I went to all the worst vices that you can possibly go to, and I thought that was helping me deal with stress. And I just said this to you, Les. I've said it to you twice now, but I said it to you yesterday. The only way to survive what we're going through in this pressure cooker that I like to call it oh. is I need to be 100 percent. Not clean because I never have gone to that aspect. No, but balanced. I, I balance. But I, I actually, I don't drink alcohol Monday to Friday. I don't even smoke cigarettes. I don't Jake, embark on nicotine. He does. He drinks beer. Yeah, okay. I have you a pour beer, a beer yeah, I pull it a beer there. <laughs> when he's stressed, you pull balance it. Balance. Yeah, balance. That's what you like. No, but or no, celebration. I, I, I'm, let me get to it because I don't, I don't appreciate you trying to tell me <laughs> what I'm saying to well, the I audience. I do live with you. So. I know that, but you know I'm, <laughs> I'm on a – do that a lot of the time, yeah, by the way. Okay. Yeah, you know that I'm on a Monday to Friday trend. So what she means by balance is that I, Monday to Friday, need to be clean like a whistle. It's what helps me avoid being on edge, avoid burning out, and I need to be sleeping very, very well. And ever since I've been finding that, I've been feeling very, very good. And then the gym entering yeah. into our life and us all being on this training session has changed. I, I, can't, I can't speak for everyone. It's really changed uh, for, for me. And so... Um, and eating properly. Well, I think we should never stop with the working out all of us. I think Ever. It's great. No, I we know. have a gym for a reason. Movement. So yeah. my, uh, to sum everything up, I guess what I'm trying to say is to avoid burnouts, especially when you're under a lot of stress. I know you want to do bad things, but in all, it's, it, you should be doing the opposite, which is really staying to a really clean, good, healthy lifestyle with balance. It makes a difference. Mm-hmm. Says. It balance, makes a huge difference. Yeah. And on that note, it is the end of Friday. Olé. Ladies and gentlemen, ole, 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 ole. Ole, 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 ole. Go out there and get it. Enjoy the weekend. If it's not the weekend, fuck it. Enjoy it anyways.